Good evening, Mendocino County. My name is Michelle Hutchins. I'm the County Superintendent of Schools and the host of tonight's edition of Inside Education. Last month, I interviewed three members of the County Board of Education, and tonight I have the remaining two members' interviews for you. Last month, I interviewed Charlene Ford from Area 3, Drew Duncan from Area 4, and Donald Cruiser from Area 5. This evening, I have Area 1, Marilyn Puget, and Area 2, Larry Olson. Many people wonder or think they understand what the role of the county board is. While tonight's questions may seem a little redundant, if you heard last month's show, I do think it's important that we get an opportunity to hear from each board member's kind of opinion and version of what the County Board of Education actually does. They hold four-year terms. Starting off this evening, I have Area 1 County Board Member Marilyn Puget from Redwood Valley. These interviews were pre-recorded in late November and on December 17th, 2022. Ms. Puget, Marilyn, how would you describe the role of the County Board of Education? Well, I think that's been done ad nauseum. We, they know we govern the, the schools and set the salary of the superintendent. Um, what's interesting, though, is how the public perceives us as to what our role actually is. Interesting. Can you say a little more about that? Well, I have people who come to me, and not necessarily constituents, um, but those as well, that will come to me with an issue that they're having with their children or their school, and they don't realize that we have nothing to say about those local issues we are a, a more broad governing board, if you will. So uh, we really don't have anything to do with them until there's suspensions or charter schools or something, you know, to that effect. So. That relates to the board's purview. Correct. Yeah. Are you able to at least help citizens understand kind of how to navigate through the school system yeah. to be able to connect with the proper people to uh, discuss their issues with? Yes, I, I, t I tell them that they have to go through their principal and their superintendent locally first. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. What inspired you to become a county board member? Oh, wow. That's so interesting. I had two close friends that were serving and we had discussed it and it just felt right to me for some reason you know when some things just feel meant to be that was one of uh, one of them they kept mentioning it to me and when I heard that area one needed representation um, I don't jump into anything without researching it first so I inquired if I was able to attend some meetings without being a board member, and they said, certainly, the public can attend. And so I attended two or three meetings to get a feel of the culture, if you will. I knew I'd be spending four years with these lovely people. I immediately bonded with some of the people and felt very at home. I felt like it was a meant-to-be situation. 
how long have you served on the board? Oh, this will be my fifth year. Fifth year. Mm-hmm. Have you seen many changes since you started? <laughs> yes. <laughs> A lot of changes. Um, administrative. I was happy to see you come on board, first of all. I love our diversified hiring. We've got so much diversification now. I love our team here. We've just got some delightful, delightful people working here. And I hope that that doesn't change. (laughs) I think we've got some really, really strong, intelligent staff, specifically Kim Kearns and, and Marilyn Triboli. I'm massacring her last name, but Teraboy. Teraboy. Uh, they are they are compliments to your hiring skills, I should say. Well, Definitely. Thanks. Well, you know, the HR department, but I know you play a big part in that too. So yes, there have been some changes, um, and I think they've been very positive. What would you say the board's short term goals are? Let's see. Well, as you know, we're getting a new superintendent, and we're all excited to see how how that will turn out. And the biggest thing I'm excited about is, I won't say the end of the pandemic, because it's an endemic now, and it's going on and on and on, but we're learning how to deal with it, masking up indoors, especially now that uh, Dr. Corin has recommended Strongly recommended everyone mask up indoors again due to the RSV flu, the tri, tri-pandemic. <laughs> Going back to the in-person meetings will be so fun because we get to meet the staff. We get to see the children, talk to the children. We've had lunches with the children. It's just wonderful to see the schools that we service. And to see education yes. in action. Yes, absolutely. Um, I miss that. I miss that the most. Yeah. Well, I'll come back. It'll be coming back. Yes. What do you see as the board's long-term goals? Well, for myself, um, you know, we all have issues that are near and dear to our hearts. And um, my associate, Don Cruiser and I are really working hard to try and get some teacher and staff housing projects going. That is definitely long-term, and there's no quick, easy fix for that. You Mm -hmm. can't just give away houses. We understand that. Um, However, incentivizing teachers to come to Mendocino County is so crucial. It is so crucial. We we are so short-staffed. I think we're short-staffed across the board, actually, not just in um, education, but um, in medical. I think COVID really made a lot of people stop and think, made a lot of people either retire if they were close to retirement um, or change, change professions. It gave them the time at home or the, um, the nudge they needed to, you know, go over the ledge to maybe branch out on their own and you know, get a different profession. So there's been a lot of, a lot of changes that way. Long-term also, I would, I think that there's a lot of promise for mental health services. I know I'm jumping ahead, but the, the governor has allocated huge grants 
as far as mental health. That's a huge, we could talk about that all in, you know, that could be one big show. That, that <laughs> probably will be in mental the future. Health. Yes. <laughs> um. You're listening to Marilyn Puget. She's area one County board of education member. What do you foresee as being the best part of being and serving as a County board member and being on the County board of education? Well, personally, the best part personally is giving back to the community. I I remember being back in school, back in college, and an instructor that really impacted me said, okay, you're going to go be going out there making good money. Just remember to find something that you enjoy and give back to your community. And I started doing that um, with Give Kids a Smile Day up at the Hillside Clinic. Anything you can do just a little bit helps. It impacts those families, you know. Yeah, it does. Even if you just help one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So that, I mean, just it, it's giving back. Yeah. Thank you. Are there challenges you see to serving on the County Board of Education or that you experience? I haven't experienced challenges, fortunately. It's, it's been an opportunity, actually, and a pleasure. I really enjoy it. Good. <laughs> Good. No challenges, really. You did serve as board president at one point during your term. I did, and, and that was during COVID. It was. <laughs> what was that like? You know, it was wonderful. I've been a president of a board before, and it's a huge responsibility because you are responsible for making sure it it go you know goes off smoothly and starts on time and everything gets done properly and even doing all that it's I, we always have our wonderful staff behind us to say hey I think we needed a vote on that or <laughs> you know they they help us along too it was challenging with the pandemic to be at home and doing all that Yeah. What was the biggest surprise you experienced as a county board member? Well, I think that just goes back to learning what little power we have over individual schools. You know, you think you're going to be in the countywide school board, you should be able to help individual schools. But we really, we really don't unless there's an issue. So you're listening to Marilyn Puget, Area One County Board of Education member. This is Michelle Hutchins. I'm County Superintendent of Schools. You're listening to Inside Education. Tonight's edition, we are interviewing two of the county board members. Marilyn is one and Larry Olson will be up later in the hour. Marilyn, what are your thoughts about the new educational initiatives the governor is requiring schools to implement? Well, I'm very happy that Governor Newsom is so pro-education. Very, very happy to see the funds coming our way. The expanded learning grants, the ELO grants, that's going to impact a lot of children. Those of us in the mainstream don't realize how many children um, would come to school with an empty stomach who would go home and not have dinner if we didn't have a lot of these 
these extra programs for kids after school, extra programs to to uh, to recognize talents in certain students and um, say, hey, you should be in a a music um, course or you should, you know, some sort of after school program to promote their talents or in a lot of cases it's just um getting food to children <laughs> so um also the the mental health the mental health services that's very exciting we really need to be able to identify these at risk youth kids sooner rather than later i I've heard a lot. I hear one of the things I hear from parents is, "Oh, there's this problem child in so and so class," and I, as I tell, I tell them they have to, you know, speak to the principal, speak to their superintendent. But a lot of times, when you see and hear the news stories about these children who have unfortunately taken other children's lives at school, and they say, "Oh, it was on their their social media page." that they were very troubled or, oh, they were a big problem at school and it never got addressed properly, you know, the mental. So I think these mental health dollars, I'm hoping these mental health dollars will go towards these at-risk youth kids. And providing services on the school campus will make it easier for um, the providers to reach these students because when you Uh, or when you offer services that are not on the school campuses to a family, it's up to the family to get the student there. When you can bring the services onto the school campus, it makes it a lot easier. And then we have Extended Learning Day, which allows you to provide those services outside of the school day so you no longer have to pull students from critical core instruction to provide mental health services. It can all be done after school. So there's a lot of unique opportunities that are coming from the governor. I completely agree. Exactly. It's very exciting, and I hope to see a lot of positive results out of these dollars. Yeah. Again, you're listening to Marilyn Puget, Area 1 County Board Member. Moving back to you personally, how would you describe what you do outside of being a county board member? Well, what do I do outside of being a county board member? I spend a lot of time being a new grandmother. (laughs) I have a new grandson. And I spend a lot of time improving my home and my garden. That's my passion, one of my passions. And uh, vocationally, I am a registered dental hygienist working at Dr. George Morarasu's office, Ukiah Perio, and uh, Dr. Lee's. And I love my job. Love both my jobs. Great. (laughs) You have to. You have to love helping people to do what I do. Yeah. When you lie in bed at night, what do you think in terms of improving education? How do you answer the question, if we could just... Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, well, having teachers in my family and very close friends that are teaching school supplies, it breaks my heart to see a friend of mine that I grew up with at Frank Zeke will post on Facebook, for example, um, needing books. You know, she wants to provide, of course, they have the core, you know, books, but these extra books, you know, she wants to provide things and she'll call out to the community to donate for these programs so kids can have supplies. And I know uh, one of my sisters who's a um, top preschool would spend her own money, and they don't make much. (laughs) Preschool teachers don't make a lot usually. And she'd be 
buying art supplies, buying things that aren't cheap, you know, to do fun projects with the kids. So I guess what I would love to see is teachers have a fund that they use that they can put towards um, whatever they feel will further the education. You know, for example, the math teachers have the math supplies and the art teachers have their art supplies and the music teachers have things back in the day when, you know, (laughs) back in the 60s and 70s when I went to school, there were supplies. There was good supplies. There were oil paints, there were pastels, and they encouraged us to go home and practice with them. They gave us sets. And, you know, you just don't see that nowadays. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of the many things um, <laughs> I think about. Yeah. Helping the teachers, helping the people that teach our kids. Yeah. You're listening to Marilyn Puget, Area 1 County Board Member. What about your own education? What are some of the most important memories you have from the years you were in school? Well, that sort of that just segues into what we were just talking about too. I was, I it made me think about comparing back in the days when we had a lot of supplies, the leather class and the shop class. All those classes had things that you could bring home to work on. They they encouraged that sort of extracurricular, you know. And band instruments, you know, things like that that you could bring home. And it gave kids something to do after school, too. You know, you went home and you practiced your, um, I just had a flute. I didn't really go far in band. But I remember my little playing my little flute in my room. Yeah, school was different. <laughs> school was definitely different back when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that... The kids that didn't have enough money for food were singled out, if you will. They were, it was very evident that they were getting free lunches. And looking back, I I find that horrific that, you know, kids were, if you couldn't afford a hot lunch, you know, if you had to get on the free lunch program, it was, yeah, it was horrible. So there's a lot less discrimination as far as, you know, wealth in the school. I think it's wonderful to normalize feeding kids that uh, meals are provided. It's been, it's, I'd like to say it's about time that, you know, if they need the meals, if parents want to send the meal, great. That's wonderful. If they don't, it's provided. Yeah. It's part of education. You can't, you can't learn when you're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> so well, let's switch gears a little bit. <laughs> um, what are some of the happiest moments you've had in your school career? Oh, gosh. Um, well, since I'm not a teacher. Um, or I guess school experience. Yes, my school experience, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess my school career would be with the board. Mm-hmm. And that would be visiting the schools. As far as my personal schooling, it was so long ago (laughs) that I don't think of, you know, I guess it was all pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah. I I had an uneventful, uneventful education. What about any sad moments in your school experiences? Um, I don't really, I don't have a lot of sadness in my career. 
If you could wave a wand and change one thing about education, what would it be and why? Well, I think that you know this answer because I've, ever since you met me, I've been about school safety. (laughs) That's just, I didn't realize when I took on this role that that would be my my platform, I guess, um, my one of my big passions. But coming home at night, I watch the news, and sometimes I don't because it's not always <laughs> good to watch the news. It can be a real downer. But watching about school shootings, it just puts a uh, a knot in my stomach. It just it makes me so sad, and that is such a huge change from back when we were kids. You'd get bullied. You know, there were there were the issues of bullying and things like that, but there weren't school shootings. So if I could wave a magic wand and create a safety veil over every child and not have to see um, YouTubes about a little boy, I, I, I'm thinking about this one little cute boy who got a new backpack and it was a bulletproof Spider-Man backpack and his parents got him a bulletproof backpack and that is so sad i just want to have safe a safe environment for every child is what i would would want yeah it should be a safe place the fact that school shootings are plural is wrong oh they're so plentiful it's yeah yes and that goes right back into mental health and you know again you're listening to marilyn puget area one county board member This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools with Inside Education. Our topic tonight is interviewing a couple of our county board members and their experiences. So, Ms. Marilyn Puget, being that it is holiday season, what is one thing you are grateful for that you wish to share with our Inside Education listeners tonight? Well, I'm grateful that the schools are reopened, that... Um, everybody is celebrating as normal as they possibly can. I personally still wear a mask indoors and I, you know, I, but I'm getting together with people. I think that that has probably been the most impactful for the younger children to have been educated from home or maybe not educated um, during the pandemic. So I'm very grateful that uh, we're getting back to our new normal. I'm not going to call it normal, but I'll call it our new normal because it's so important for the kids. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm grateful for a whole lot of things, but on a broader spectrum, I'll, I'll say we're I'm grateful that we're getting back to healthy healthy get-togethers because that's part of mental health is socialization. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Puget. Marilyn, for being with us, County Board Member Marilyn Puget, Area 1. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools. I have with me Larry Olson, our Area 2 County Board of Education member. He also currently serves as the County Board President. Larry, uh, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about... Um, why you came board member. But first, tell us a little bit about you personally. Thank you, Michelle. Personally, um, I'm a resident of Ukiah for about the past 17 or 18 years and uh, 
have been involved in a number of things here locally, but my early career and my life was in Humboldt County, primarily in Eureka, and I worked for Eureka City Schools, took my degree from Humboldt State, and so that has been kind of the point of influence for my life until uh, conditions where my wife passed away in 1998. I had years of doing various interesting things, but then I found myself in Ukiah because there was a lady here that I wanted to spend my time with. <laughs> yes. How would you describe the role of the County Board of Education? Well, I think the first thing I would mention is that there aren't a lot of people who understand the role of the County Office of Education. And within California, there are 58 counties, and by last count, there's 3,524 individual schools, preschool through secondary. So it is a big situation where each county has a responsibility by law to oversee, support, provide, and maintain the schools that are within that county. In addition to that, the county office provides the education for students with special needs, students that are expelled from schools, and with that, of course, they operate their own set of schools, very special set of schools, so it's complex. And the role of the Board of Education is set forth in a number of somewhat formal and limiting-sounding kinds of roles. Perhaps, uh, for example, perhaps that's not an appropriate word to say in limiting, but the role includes such things as deciding the boundaries of school districts should there be questions. Should a student be expelled from a school and they feel that it was not appropriate, not well done, not, not proper, the board has to sit as that appeal for suspensions or, excuse me, for expulsions. The other things is that we do oversee the budget. And while that's the sort of thing where the board does not assume the role of approving every expense and maintaining some kind of personal records of the board about expenditures, it is the sort of thing where we bring that authority, if you will, and responsibility for the most part into that time when budget is set. And um, we do serve, and while it's not widely used, we do serve as the contact for everyone within our supervisorial district who wants to speak about the County Office of Education and its function or the needs that they feel they have. That's a very lengthy description, but that's the role. You're listening to Larry Olson, Area 2 County Board of Education member and current board president for the County Board. What inspired you to become a county board member? How long have you served on the board, and have you seen many changes since you started? Well, I think the inspiration came from being part of the school board for two terms in the school where my own children attended, an elementary school. And then in Humboldt County, HCOE, uh, I knew a good many of the people rather well. In fact, the 
previous two superintendents I had worked with or for uh, in, in my time at Eureka City Schools. So it was a friendly place, and I really knew that. And, and my wife was a county board member for many years before her death. So that brought me to that. And then as I retired and came to Ukiah, I was substituting and doing things around the schools if you will, keeping your hand in and enjoying that, and, and the opportunity to be part of the leadership of the county schools was something that I really wanted to do. So about two and a half years, was appointed, and just recently in the election, uh, I was reelected without opposition, as were my two of my colleagues. Have you seen any changes since in those two and a half years? What, what, have, you, what have you experienced in that time? Well, I've certainly learned a bunch. And the changes, I think, are th- those that I sense were put in place by your, by your leadership at the time when you became superintendent. And then I have begun over these two-plus years, uh, in spite of the pandemic, to begin to see the functioning of the leadership of your team and how the programs are taking shape. Uh, that's, that's important, and I see that as changes. I see that as changes for the good, and I see it as a huge step forward for the institution. You're listening to Larry Olson, county board member from Area 2. What are what do you see as the uh, county board's short-term goals? Well, I see first that our responsibility and duty is to make the the changeover, the new superintendent who was elected, as comfortable and as settled and as confident as we can. She will have a senior staff, which is hers now but was yours before and that transition will have its difficulty and i think as board members we need to be sensitive to slightly different processes those things that may not be exactly the same but also to be cognizant that the previous programs and the things that are established are maintained and i think that's done by inquiry and and by uh, really the kind of oversight that you hope you can exercise through the reports they give. And their reports are extensive, and their reports are the kind of thing that really does show what they're doing. That I appreciate. What do you see as the board's long-term goals? Well, I think those are difficult to describe as we see how things are changing, it's chaotic is not appropriate reference, but the State Department of Education has gone through horrendous changes. And I can say the pandemic again, but it's also a, it's an area of government that is subject to huge political scrutiny and all kinds of things that come along as you think into the past for other initiatives and so forth that were inappropriate. But now I think we need to be ready to accommodate uh, the new initiatives that are brought forth now, and they are positive. But also 
there are some things out there that might be our unique opportunity. Uh, for example, there's a lot of talk about workforce housing. One of our board members, uh, Don Cruiser, remarks about his experience with a young teacher who said, I need to leave here because I'm never going to be able to afford a home. We also find that in this area, prices are increasing, but in certain in certain areas, finding appropriate housing is difficult because of the seasonal nature of the community and the kinds of things that young teachers f- cannot even look forward to having. So that's one of the initiatives or one of the efforts, forgive me, uh, that we need to work on. And there's a lot of that going on in other areas around the state, and I think we can learn a lot by paying attention. What is or what do you foresee to be the best part of being on the County Board of Education? Oh, keeping my hand in. I, I, was, I was proud of the profession I chose. As everyone knows, it's not a lucrative one, and it's not one where you're going to uh, leave a legacy of large corporate success, but it's one where you're going to meet children on the street and they're going to want to show you their children and you're going to have parent conferences in the grocery store and the kinds of things that come back to you. Uh, Within that context, I think anybody who is committed to what they do with children uh, sees the world in a way that comes through their eyes. And I was blessed to have three healthy sons who have gone forward with their wives and their careers, their children, and now I'm blessed with four great, excuse me, six great grandchildren. I can count, I just can't speak. The, and, and the upshot of that is that I have to feel like the life spent was certainly spent in a direction that I feel was always positive. Are there challenges to serving on the County Board of Education? I, I, work with, I work with four other very responsible people that are, that are good at what they do and are dedicated to what they do. We don't meet together that frequently, but when we do, we seem to be able to reach agreement and fulfill our responsibilities with very little problem. So as far as challenges, it's a matter, seriously, it's a matter of maintaining the dignity of the office and being available to people. What was the biggest surprise you experienced as a county board member? How different it was from my view of the Humboldt County Office of Education. Not better, not worse, but different. And when I became a board member and looked around, although I'd had some exposure before, I realized this is a this is a structure which is a lot it's steeped in the way things have been. Some things may need to be different than they've been. Other things uh, are absolutely uh, I guess the appropriate word would be, uh, inventive and direct and the kinds of things that every kid should experience. So I think I was, I was 
more pleased than surprised when I finally became to feel like I was a member of the board and that I could communicate and speak and express myself. I never felt any threat or any difficulty with any of them. You're listening to Larry Olson, county board member from Area 2. What are your thoughts about the new educational initiatives the governor requires schools to implement? I believe they are exactly what is seen as a need. You will get all sorts of uh, you will get all sorts of distaff discussion and how is that going to happen and so forth. But bringing students, bringing children to the learning environment earlier is nothing is nothing but positive. Uh, the initiatives which I, I cannot list, but they come out of a set of responsible, very dedicated people at the State Department who have the support of the governor, and those things go forward in a way that one can only feel that that's the direction California ought to be going. Uh, as far as remarking on the individual parts of them, I would be hard-pressed to be critiquing it. Moving back to you personally, how would you describe what you do outside of being a county board member? Oh, my goodness. Uh, probably in terms of long-term efforts, um, we became interested in the American Cancer Society in 1982, and I have been a volunteer in that arena since. Um, so, and, and with the pandemic and living here, it has been difficult to maintain that. But I would say outside of the, this county board position, primarily it has to do really with trying to support the health of people around me. Personally, right now, uh, we're, I'm deeply involved in the Mendocino County Tobacco Prevention Coalition, and we will go forward from the positive and very successful election toward uh, the removal of flavored tobacco, getting it out of the hands of kids, but more importantly, setting up a structure that lets a community manage that manage that within their own efforts and taking it to the point where it's a healthier, more prosperous community. If you could wave a wand and change one thing about education, what would it be and why? I would make it so that every child that comes to school has left a place where there were two responsible adults that loved them and brought them forward for a discourse in a challenging environment and that those young people never feel any lack of confidence about the things they want to try to do. I know that's utopian, but if you sit down and say, what does it really take to build a population of successful young people who are eager to learn? They have to come from a place where they're safe warm, well-fed, and loved. Yeah. And that, to me, would be, if you could make that happen, it has nothing to do exactly, or all, not all to do with education. It has to do with just making the world better. And that's what education's about. Thank you for sharing that. What about your own education? What were some of the most important memories you have from the years you were in school? Well, it was 
I think I found our my way into education kind of by the side door. Uh, graduated from high school in Nebraska, and there was, or still is, I'm sure, a window whereby a person can graduate from high school or if they had taken a course in normal training, which is what it was called, you would be go to summer school at the local university. Mine was Wayne State Teachers College. And then you could teach in a one-room school. And so my beginnings in education, really, when I was 17, I taught in a one-room school for two years and was really too young to appreciate the experience, the opportunity of it. I think I had... 12 students in six grades. One of them was in the eighth grade, and he was 15. Uh, and I had a good time. I really did. And again, the salaries, even by those standards, were commensurate with starvation. But as as that went on, I had a contract for a third year at a different school with a little more pay, and happily going toward that till my sister and her husband visited us in Nebraska with my parents and I, and I was the youngest of the large family. And they said, why don't you come to Humboldt? He was on staff there in the business education department and get a degree. So I did. I simply left home when I was 19, uh, drove to California, found a place to live, got a job, went to Humboldt and graduated, um, and graduated in three years. I had sophomore status when I... And my major was kind of like, what do you do with a kid from the middle states who's probably more interested in hot rods and, and building things and that kind of thing, and, and is still a kid. So I became an industrial arts major, which means I should... I, I was training to be a shop teacher. And and that, that fit very well for the kind of training I'd had, my experiences, what I like to do. Uh, when I graduated, uh, I was offered a job almost immediately in, in Eureka in their machine shop, uh, which was a huge building with a big shaft running down from one end to the other with belts that ran all of the tools, the lays, the saws, the 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 entire thing was run off of the center belt. And yeah, I, I could do that. Uh, gosh, by that time I was an ancient, I think I must have been 21, maybe two. Uh, so I was all set to do that. And just, it wasn't a couple of days later that the superintendent called and said, we have another person uh, who we have assigned to teach mathematics at the junior high, but uh, he doesn't feel he can do that but he is an industrial arts major, so would you mind trading with him? And I had a job. I wasn't going to get rid of that job, so uh, I said, of course. So that fall, I, be I became part of the mathematics department in the second year of Jacobs Junior High. There were 17 new teachers, a wonderful experience. And so I was teaching mathematics at junior high school, and really, in truth, it was arithmetic but taught well, you brought students to the algebra experience as they should be. So that went on for three years, and about th during the time I was in college and preparing, uh, Sputnik went. And when Sputnik went up, all of a sudden, 
there was this huge shortage of science and mathematics teachers in the United States because, my Lord, we were behind. And as Werner von Braun said, how right can you be uh, when the Russians did go ahead with their space vehicle? But that resulted in the National Science Foundation providing opportunities for teachers who wanted to enhance their training. And so I applied for about a dozen around the nation and had and was successful in one. I understand there were 2,200 applications for that one and for most of the others. One of my colleagues went to Arizona State in the same, in the same program. They were called academic year institutes. But I came back from that. Many of my fellow students or my fellow my colleagues who were all teachers didn't. They went on and went back to opportunities which were waved in front of them because they'd finished it. But I went home and took my job and went forward from there, but with a much sounder, in fact, a, a very good training uh, in mathematics and, and, in, and in the general sciences. And also then that resulted in probably another four years of, no, I would say three, of, of uh, Wednesday night classes at Humboldt from their mathematics department. Um, There's a number theorist there, his name was Jim Householder, had a huge impact on my life. And that was probably the cream of the graduate school program opportunities that anyone could have had. It was, it was custom. So then uh, I taught then in mathematics until uh, my principal asked me if he said, and, and forgive me for the length of the answer, but he said, uh, you ought to become an administrator. And I said, you know, uh, I'm happy. I have influence over 150 kids a day, and I really try to do that well. He said, Larry, I have influence over every person who steps on this campus. And they just set me to thinking. And But in a gentle way, then, I began to go forward. I, I served in a number of administrative roles. Um, finally, as the principal of, of all three of the junior high schools in Eureka, at one time or another, a vice principal at Eureka High. And then uh, <clears throat> after retirement, I served one year interim at the uh, South, uh, Southern Humboldt uh, at Miranda for Southern Humboldt High School, if you will. And I had a number of other opportunities to fill in short term for administrators and so forth. So yeah, all in all, uh, 35 years with Eureka City Schools, 34, I believe, and then the time of substituting afterwards, it's all been about kids. You're listening to Larry Olson, county board member from Area 2. In all of that, can you pull out any of the happiest moments in your career that you'd like to share with the listeners? Oh, as far as in my career, it, there was a continuum with all kinds of highs and lows. Uh, probably the happiest moment was when my first grandchild was born. Yeah. But as far as that, I, I was part of some important transitions. For example, if anyone has ever closed a 789 junior high school over summer, what do you do with the trophies? How do you contact all the young people who had their pictures on the wall because they were top student or top athlete or something? 
and get them to come into school and pick up their picture. Also, the teachers that were being transferred, what was theirs and what wasn't, all those things. That, that was a very interesting mm. summer, and I would say it was a happy time because I had an assignment, and it was the kind of thing that I was going back to the junior high school where I had been on the first faculty and wasn't 10 blocks from my home, used to walk to school. And down the road, I walked by the elementary school where my kids attended, and we all had baseball programs and that sort of thing. So yeah, that was a happy moment, and uh, it was it was a good one. Are there any sad moments you'd well, like to share? Yes, and with failures of students and things that come back to you in the wrong way. I think the worst one was... I've been trying to think about that because it never got away. Uh, cleaning out the locker of a young girl who was killed over the weekend, and I knew her parents well. Mm. And to deliver those materials and the things that she had in progress and that kind of thing were snuffed out. One yeah. car struck another on a ski trip. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be probably the saddest. Yeah, that's tough. That's very tough. Being that it is the holiday season when this show plays, what is one thing you are grateful for that you wish to share with the listeners tonight? I think I've probably been blurting all of those thankful things as we've gone along. Yeah, I've been blessed. I have a large functioning family that honestly is way too far away, but they are the sort of thing where I look at those young people and realize that they're safe barring horrible incidents, they'll go forward and continue to make me proud. So yes, that's one of the things I'm very thankful for. That's beautifully said. Thank you. You're listening to Larry Olson, county board member from Area 2. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. It's It's been a pleasure. Yeah. You're listening to Inside Education. This is Michelle Hutchins, county superintendent of schools. And as many of you know, At the end of this year, my tenure as county superintendent of schools will come to a close. These past four years, which included a life-altering pandemic, have made me a better leader, a better professional, and a better person. I leave my position with an immense sense of gratitude to the many individuals and partner agencies who have been central to carrying out the mission of Mendocino County Office of Education. First, I would like to recognize the staff of the county office who together, working arm in arm, embrace change and a new vision for students across the county. While leaders provide the vision It is absolutely the staff whose hard work makes change happen. At MCOE, we're a team that knows and embodies our values of service, excellence, innovation, and teamwork as we carry out our work every day. I'm proud of the strong coastal presence created by our new Coastal Center and the staff there supporting our coastal school district partners. 425 North McPherson Street in Fort Bragg. We have changed the way in which we provide professional development. Prior to the pandemic, we had begun to explore new ways to deliver training. 
I am pleased with the progress made at supporting our employees in their professional development and learning, which ultimately impacts the quality of service we provide to our students and families. Over the last four years, it's important to note that we have hired many fantastic employees. When it comes to innovation, MCOE has implemented many new initiatives that positively impact students all over the county. Between the sled clubs, the quest boxes, and how we teach and how we approach student learning as mentors and staff developers, we've brought innovation to the classroom in Mendocino County. We've established the first ever Educational Technology Leadership Consortium that Mendocino County has seen. I want to commend the MCOE team for their commitment to teamwork and a continuous improvement mindset. All of the departments are now aligned to the California System of Support. Together, they and we have created a map on how to continue to move this agency forward. So once again, I just want to thank all of those amazing individuals that make MCOE the incredible organization that it is. I thank my staff for the commitment to service, excellence, innovation, and teamwork that they have shown over the years. I must say that the work of a county office of education is complex, multi-layered, and involves many external agencies to deliver critical services and support to our students. I want to thank our local public health agency, the law enforcement agencies that serve our county, and the countless nonprofits who support our students and families every day. Your work is vital to the health, safety, and well-being of our entire community. I thank you for being trusted partners that I could count on. As I begin a new chapter in my career, I leave knowing that the work we have accomplished together will carry on, that student safety will remain the forefront of everyone's concern, I look forward to being your partner in our joint mission to serve the students and families of Mendocino County. It's truly been a great honor to serve you. That concludes our show tonight. And uh, thank you for listening to Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. Good night, Mendocino County. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.